Praise the Lord and welcome to this special edition of The Voice of Resurrection. We've always brought you services from our sanctuary, but today we're doing something special. We have a guest who want to talk about some of the precious things the Lord has put on our hearts that we believe is our future and the direction we are going. No matter what we do on this earth, the advancement of the kingdom is primary. We believe in that through this broadcast that many of you watching, particularly you spiritual leaders, will experience transformation in your purpose for being in the ministry and the purpose of your ministry in itself. Before I introduce my guest, I want to call your attention to this text from the book of Matthew. Chapter 9, verse 36. This is the words of the Lord Jesus. He said, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. Then said he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Amen. Yes, beloved, there are ministries everywhere, (laughs) but there are few laborers. There are churches everywhere. There are pastors everywhere. But there are a few people that understand the kingdom of God and why we are here, the purposes of God and what God intends for us to do so that his kingdom will take over in America and around the world. That's what we want to articulate today and as many programs as we're able to get done this week. Trusting God for transformations in your life and in your ministry. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, it's my pleasure to welcome Michael Malden to the Voice of Resurrection. Michael, welcome. Hey, glad to be here. Amen. Thank you for having me. Amen. Michael pastored a church for seven years in Dallas, Texas called the upper room. He has tremendous testimonies of God's grace and the revelations of worship and the power of worship to take over a city, a nation, and a generation. Uh, He produced a movie called Super Spreader and he went to 560 theaters across this nation. And I believe that this hookup is supernatural and that this presentation today and this week will be a tremendous blessing. Michael is married to Meredith and they have three children, I believe one girl and two boys. Yes. Welcome to the Voice of Resurrection. Thank you. All right, so tell me, how did you get started in all of this? 
In all of what part? Jesus or the <laughs> movies or what? It's not anywhere. <laughs> you know, you mentioned um, you mentioned worship. You know, being a central part of our lives and who we are, and even the film that I made was about worship. It was about a movement called Let Us Worship. And when I first got saved, I, my wife and I, we moved out to California because we wanted to be lights in the entertainment industry, and we wanted to impact culture through arts and media. And I was lying in bed one morning and asleep, and all of a sudden I woke up screaming, "It's all about worship!" Wow. And I jolted my wife out of bed, and, and, I, and she's like, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm going, I don't know, but it's all about worship. <laughs> and I had no intellectual context for what I was saying, and I was a new believer. I didn't grow up in church. I didn't even know why people sang songs at church at this point. I had no understanding of worship. But the Lord began to take us on this journey to understand the power of worship and how at the end of the day, the ultimate battle is who's going to be worshipped. Everything's vying for our affections whether it's the, the kingdom from hell or the kingdom of heaven is vying for us. And we have the ability to bring either heaven to earth or hell to earth through our worship. And you see it from the beginning that Moses went to Pharaoh, said, let my people go that they may worship, right? Fast forward to Jesus' time when he was being tempted with all the kingdoms of the world. He was fasting and the devil's like, you can have all this if you'll just worship. worship. The devil knows the power of it, so all of history was contingent on a potential act of worship or not. And then you fast forward to Heaven and Revelation, those closest to the throne of God, they're worshiping, you know. And so we, we went on this journey of discovering worship and built a ministry around the presence of God in worship. And then felt the season called out to go transform culture through arts and music again um, and started doing some films. And I'm in that process. I, I was thinking about uh, that discourse between Jesus and Satan. Yeah. that temptation. Jesus says, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, mm. and him only yeah. shalt thou serve. serve. Yeah. So that's that uh, uh, contention raging in everyone's life. No matter who you are, saved or unsaved, who are you going to worship? Yeah. We are created to worship. We are. <laughs> Definitely. So, you know, I think it's also important to note how he said, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him shall you serve. And I think there's an order of that, worship and then service. And I think a lot of pastors and or people in ministry can get burnt out on serve, so much serving that they mm. neglect the worship part. Okay, so worship is your avenue of renewal. Yes. And confirmation. Yes. Wow. And revision. Yes. Yeah, getting filled up and then to serve, right? Getting filled with the power yes. of God. So if you serve and not worshiping, then you burn out. Yeah. Because the power of worship is the progressional renewal of your spirit. Mm. The revelations of God come to you. I love that, yeah. And then you are able to articulate in your service the revelation of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Bless the Lord. Okay, uh, uh, before we go deeper into what God has done now post-salvation, but let's talk about even before you got saved, because you had some interesting stories and your vision of <laughs> wanting to be a gangster and all of this. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I jokingly tell people, but it was the truth. When I grew up, I wanted to be in the mafia. That was my dream. I, you know, I had real high aspirations, lofty goals. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so I went after it. I went after it with some friends and I ran with gangs and, you know, got arrested several times, sold drugs, had friends deported, shot, put in jail. I shouldn't even be alive to this day myself. And um, I, through that process, one of the things I discovered, because I, right, af right after kind of multiple 
rest times, I ended up getting into modeling for a season. I went moved down to Miami. And because I, I was trying to get away from that world a little bit, but I was still partying and doing all these kind of crazy things. And I went, at, went after everything that the world values or esteems. And I had a sense of fame, hanging around famous people, girls, drugs, money, the life. And I was more miserable than I'd ever been in my entire life. And I was like, man, if I'm this miserable with all this stuff, I had friends that had more of what I had, but I'm like, if I'm this miserable here, what are the heights of misery that I can attain to, you know? <laughs> what a vision. Man. Yes. And so, man, I hit rock top, you know, and it's worse than rock bottom. Because rock bottom, at least you have somewhere to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's rock, a new concept, rock It top. is, rock top. There's <laughs> nothing there, you know? And... You know, I was more miserable than I'd ever been in my life, but, but one night in my, I was in my high-rise in South Beach, and I was just, I was like, man, there has to be more to this, you know, because there has to be. So I just started crying out to God. And it was like the power of God hit me, and I fall to the ground, unable to move for what feels like 20 minutes, and the power of God is coursing through my body. And I'm feeling my tears are going down my face. I can't move, and it wears off. I run over to my friend's house. I'm like, guys, I think I encountered eternity. That was the only language I had for it. <laughs> And they're like, well, bro, what were you smoking, you know? And, and I was like, I was sober. They didn't believe me. And so the next night, I'm lying in bed again, and I start praying again. And it, this time, it feels like a hand presses on my chest. You know, and David even said, I feel the hand of the Lord heavy upon me. Heavy upon me yeah. And I couldn't move again. And, and, and all of a sudden, it looked like the screen appears before my eyes. I'm having this, having this open vision, and I'm seeing Jesus going to the cross. He was bloody. He was mangled. And he turns and he looks at me and his eyes just light up like this, with this white light. And I knew in that moment that what he was doing was for me. And man, everything changed. I went sober, celibate. I moved from the East Coast to the West Coast and I wanted to go transform culture through arts and media the same way that media had impacted my life and discipled me because I watched all these crazy gangster films and gangster music. Okay, slow down. Because every time you say it, you move past it so fast. Sorry. I just want to make sure that people are getting it. Yeah. To transform culture through arts and media. media. Yes, to reveal the heart of Jesus to a generation. To reveal the heart of Jesus to a generation. Because Jesus is the desire of the nations. Yes. He's the desire in every man's heart. And most kids, a lot of kids in America like me, won't, go into, won't grow up in a church. And so what their, their church is their living room, sitting and staring at the pulpit of their, of their television or their, or their phone. Cell phone, man. And all these sermons are coming at them that are, that are being done by uh, Martin Scorsese and, and all the filmmakers that are out there. Those are the ones who are, who are preaching a message to a generation. And so I saw a version. The reason I wanted to be in the mafia was because I saw a version of what looked like men willing to lay down their lives for each other. I saw a version of what looked like family and unconditional love. You know, when yeah, you come that's from, covenant. Yeah, it is. And you come from, it's in our hearts. We want that. And you come from, a lot of us come from broken families. And so we, I think we're all longing for that love that's willing to just sacrifice no matter what. Like, we're going to be together. Like, no matter what. No matter what you do, no matter what you've done, I've got your back. and I'm with you. You know, that's what we long for. And that's our God. Because that's who he is to us, right? He never leaves us nor forsakes us. Yes. Like, no matter what we do, like, He's like, no, I'm with you in that. I'm with you in it. I'm like, I don't like what you're doing, but I'm with you in that. And, um, and so I think that, that longing for family and covenant, I think is so, uh, I think that's what our generation is longing for. There's one part of your story that is so crucial and relevant because 
there's several young people even that I know that have had this supernatural encounter with God, but their families are adversarial, they brand it that they have joined a cult and all of that. You went through some of that. Yes. Yeah. You know, why don't you talk about that to help some of these young people watching us, you know. Yeah. How, how did yours pan out with your parents? So I, I moved to Los Angeles with my wife, first of all, right when we got married. And we decided to go, like we were six months in out there and we felt like the Lord said, lay it all down. Lay down your dreams, lay down everything. We laid it all down and we ended up going to do this program, Youth with a Mission, in the West Bank of Israel, you know. <laughs> and, and I called my parents up and they're like, I told them I'm going to go do this program. I'm going to be in the West Bank, Israel. We're going to follow God. And like, you're going to do what? You're delusional. You've lost your mind. You're going to take your blonde wife where? <laughs> Are you, you're joining a cult. You've joined a cult. Um, we need to go get you checked out at a mental institution, a mental clinic, all this stuff. And uh, my wife was kind of distraught by that phone call. And I hung up the phone and I was like, I got my first Christian persecution. <laughs> That's a great perspective. Yeah. Some, most people would be crying and feel abandoned by yeah. family. Well, the Bible, I was just, I was so new to the faith and the Bible was just so alive to me. And it said that if, if you're persecuted for, for his namesake or for doing the right thing, so happy are you are blessed. Yeah. So I was like, man, this must be a blessing. I must be getting blessed for this. <laughs> and so um, through that process, the Lord ended up providing supernaturally for us to go over there. And they ended up seeing the change over a year. It was probably about a seven-year process. And the Lord, even for a season, after we spent time in the Middle East, we came back to Texas, and they had us living in their home for a couple of months because we were in transition. And they saw God moving like crazy in our lives. That they had, It was just undeniable that it was God. And so I was able to eventually baptize my mother and stepfather, you know, in their, in their jacuzzi God. at their ranch, led them to the Lord. They're on fire for God right now. Praise God. And um, my, my father and stepmother on the other side, they've come to, back to Christ as well. So that I just wanted to interject for those of you watching, particularly if you're a young person and you're going through the same kind of persecution with your parents. You see the vision, stay focused on the Lord. Maybe you will get to baptize your own parents <laughs> and turn them to the Lord. That's the vision. You see what God does. You know that that's how, maybe the, the process may not be the same, but the outcome will be the same if you believe and receive it today. <clears throat> and then receive the word that, number one, when you are persecuted, it's a happy IE. You are blessed. So transition from feeling besieged and persecuted and rejected and depressed and even entertaining suicidal thoughts, convert to glory. Rejoice that you are blessed and that God will get mighty things done in your life. Today shall be your change. Today shall be your breakthrough and miracle in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Yeah, glory Jesus to God. Name. Glory Jesus to God. Name. So how did you... Because the, the story you were telling me about the church, we'll get to the movie and the passion maybe tomorrow, but how did you uh, uh, get to pastor of a room? You know? So um, a friend of mine was, well, a guy that I met, I, we, we, after we got back from Israel, I had this crazy encounter with the Lord, and the Lord showed me, this may be for another time, just the, what happens in the spiritual realm when we worship. And I understood that 
my wife was called to worship and the power of what she carries. And we knew yeah, that we were... Then you can't sing. Yeah, I can't sing. <laughs> but so what, what happened there was in this moment, we were praying over my wife in Israel because she, she sang uh, jazz, big band, orchestra music, and she thought that Christian music was lesser than. She had a bad attitude about it. She thought that, okay, if you can't make it in the real world, you sing in church. That was mm. her mindset. Well, we were over in the Middle East, and the, and the Lord was giving me a ton of favor amongst Palestinians. And so I thought we were going to live over there and stay there. And so for her, who's an actress, a singer, in that culture, you're pretty much relegated to the house. You have to walk behind your husband, can't have to look down, can't, she has, she's like, not, can't do anything. And so she's like, God, why would you give me all these performing gifts, and I have to live here and do this? She's like, why would you do this to me? But then she, but she had this surrender moment. She goes, God, um, I don't know why you would do this, but I'm willing. And in that moment, he goes, I've called you to be a worshiper for me. And for her, it was like the most beautiful thing she'd ever heard. Because he spoke it to her heart. Because whether she's, because first of all, it's her identity for eternity. She's going to be a worshiper forever. But whether she's singing for one in her closet in the West Bank or in front of 5,000 on a stage, it doesn't matter. She's singing for one. So she was struggling shifting from being a performer to a worshiper. And she was like, would you guys pray for me? So we prayed in a small group. And we prayed, and this girl goes, Lord, would you show Meredith what happens in the spiritual realm when she worships you? And she goes, and show her right now. And it was this offensive prayer to me. I was like, you can't tell God what to do is like my thought. But he didn't, I guess because we're one, he didn't show her, he showed me. And this was different than like a seer vision. This was like my spiritual eyes were open up into eternity. And in a split second, I see this whole host of angels. And in the eternal realm, I, I could feel what they were feeling. I knew what they were thinking. I knew what they were created for, their destiny. Some were, heal- some were for warring, some wow. for healing, for ministry, for deliverance. And they couldn't do what they were created to do until she worshiped. Their destiny was contingent upon that. They couldn't be released into the earth until she was doing what, that worship. And, and I just, when it, that hit me, I fell to the ground weeping uncontrollably for 20 minutes. I'm just bawling, you know. And this hasn't happened to me since then, you know. But my brother's looking over me going like, bro, are you okay? And I'm like going, <laughs> like thumbs up like this. I was short-circuited by what I saw. And I didn't have biblical context for this. So even in my head, I was like, is this even biblical what I'm seeing? So we didn't talk about it for about a year. But I knew in that moment we were supposed to move back to Dallas, that the Lord was going to provide a studio for my wife to sing, to do music. And so we moved back to Dallas. And I- I'm sorry. Yeah. For interrupting. Go because, ahead. There's a lot there. <laughs> yes. <so> that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. The worship of God. Look at the, 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 the power of, of the revelation is that these angels are tuned to her worship. Mm. It releases them to act on the earth on behalf of the church yeah. and on behalf of the kingdom. Yeah. I mean, it's like, that's a, 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 a realm. And, and I want to challenge those of you out there in full-time ministry. Do you see the level of supernatural encounter that births him in ministry? Because many of you have gone out in ministry out of your soul as of a desire to preach or to have a church, but you didn't have these supernatural encounters. That's how sons of God are known on the earth. You see? He had encounters with God. Have you had one? Even in your ministry, have you had one? Has God ever encountered you? Have you experienced the glory 
of the worlds to come, as the Bible says it? Consider it. Because I was in Alabama, and I was ministering to all these preachers, about 30 or 40 of them, with all the crowd. And I started sharing with them the covenants of God that God taught me. And when I finished, the apostle got up and said, hey, guys, we couldn't teach you any of these things because we didn't know them. And later on, when we were eating, I asked him, so how did you get in the ministry? Well, you know, what we, he said, well, we just got in ministry and we started doing whatever we saw other people that went before us doing, and we just started doing it. That's not the way this kingdom is supposed to operate. That's why we have churches everywhere but little impact. But when you hear such depth, such heavenly encounters, visions and revelations, that's the power of the worlds to come. That's the kingdom of God coming to us. <laughs> Remember, as we were sharing before we started this broadcast, Jesus told us in the Lord's Prayer, say, pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. In earth, as it is in heaven. Can you believe that we are tasked to manifest heaven on the earth? That's incredible. And when you hear stories like this, it shows you how it's practically done. As heavens open up unto us, we are able to express the power of the Lord Jesus, the power of the kingdom. The Bible calls it those that have tasted the powers of the world to come. <laughs> you see, that's what this last day's revival will be about. It's all about glory taking over our environment, the glory taking over the power brokers. I keep telling people, these liberals have no power. It's because the church is asleep or blind because they have no power. You see, I, I said something and we'll come back to Michael, but I said something recently in our service. I said, if I look, I see an unsaved man, you see, if, if I'm, as I'm looking at him, I see a man that's non-covenant with God. And I have a covenant with God. And it's a battle of two gods. And he that is in me is greater than he that is in him. So I recognize that with God in me, I am much more powerful than a man filled with devils if Satan himself has already been defeated. So his representative is no match. It's this lack of understanding that has weakened the church. He says, we have overcome them because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. As we further in this conversation, we will go deeper into God's dealings with Michael and how the church grew and the miracles that came out of it into the movies. And then we'll talk about what we are doing called Glorify USA to take America back <laughs> by going to all the 50 state capitals and raising altars unto God. There's so much you're going to learn this week. And we believe that God will transform your life and transform your ministry in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. So, they asked you, hey, bro, are you all right? And you, you, you. you <laughs> yeah, thumbs up. <laughs> thumbs up that you're okay. I started looking at one of the Hebrew words for praise, yada. And, you know, the, 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 the letters are pictures in Hebrew, right? Yes. And the, the yod, dalet, hey are the three letters for yada, which is one of the Hebrew words for praise. And the yod is pictures of hands being extended. 
Dalet is a door opening, and He is the Spirit of God coming in. Hmm. So Yada is this, right? This, this position of praise with a door of heaven opening and Spirit coming in. So I started thinking about Jesus. Where was, in Jesus' darkest hour, what was his darkest hour? You know, like if they're in prison, it was him on the cross. And what cross, position is yes. he in? Worship. He's in this position. And what, what is he going through his last words? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Which is Psalms 22. You know what the next verse is? Yet you are holy, the God who dwells in the praises, praises of, his of his people. So Jesus in his dark, he's screaming. He says with a loud voice, he's singing through Psalm 22. And the last verse it says in the Passion Translation is, it is finished. finished. And what happens? The veil of the temple is torn. And the Spirit of that's God is released, opening, and yes, released yes. into the earth, right? And so that's our model, to be these to be these worshipers, no matter what we're going through, to be able to open our hearts and allow the kingdom of God to come in. And Jesus, you know, Jesus said, you will see angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man, right? In John 151, which is a reference to Jacob's ladder. So how did Jacob experience that? Well, he was in the wilderness, and where did he put his head? Upon the rock, right? He put his head yes. upon a rock, and when he put his head upon the rock, he was able to see the angels ascending and descending. And he was running from Esau, and his personal security was on his mind. He just happened to alight in a certain place, and it was a God encounter. Yeah. But we will continue uh, sharing with Michael tomorrow. He's been so powerful. I'm sure that if you have listened today, you've been tremendously blessed. Did you get that picture? Hands raised. Uh, uh, it reminded me of the book of Hebrews. It says, lift up the hands that hang down and the feeble knees. He says, I make straight paths for your feet. See, when you resume your worship, instead of murmuring and complaining, and get back on your knees praying, the glory will come and make the crooked path straight. Yes. You straighten out your life and miracles and glory flow. Amen. Trust you've been blessed. Call us, let us know uh, what you have received today. I'm sure it has transformed your life. 994-3777. That's 770-994-3777. If you're in ministry and you're confused and lost, call that number. Send us a letter. We'll be able to respond to you and give you counsel what steps you need to take. God is leading you. Put a seed in this fertile ground. And God will transform your life and ministry because you'll connect with the supernatural grace functioning in this ministry. Those of you that desire prayer cloth, maybe we need to do a video of their power. You see, you know, the anointing and the grace on them. When I toss it on you, you see people fall out. The power of God is revealed in your life. It's been a wonderful time, Michael. We thank God. And uh, for those of you watching, we will continue tomorrow. God bless you. But let me say a word. Father, thank you for all those that watched us today. Thank you for the revelation and understanding you have given. I decree a breakthrough. I decree hands lifted up. I decree doors opening. I decree the Holy Spirit entering in. That every veil will be torn. And we will move into the dynamic flow of the Holy Ghost. Receive in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for blessing your people. And we believe you for greater things to come this week. In 
Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.